With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Man City Show. John Stapleton standing in for Nigel Roffan, who can't be with us tonight, unfortunately. So what did you make of Sunday's performance against Everton? Our city's so dominant now in certain games that they're becoming boring to watch. That at least is the view of some people on social media, not my opinion, I can assure you. I'd love to hear the views of my panel about that, as indeed their views on PSG, the prospects against them on Wednesday night. Plus, this wonderful array of youngsters we've got at our disposal now, what do we make of them? Very warm welcome to Steve Cox, to Tony Newgrosh, and to Nick Golston. Nick, if I can kick off with you. Your overall thoughts on Sunday's performance? Ah, well, I mean, it it was a phenomenal performance, it was the typical 76% possession against a team who had not a great deal to offer. Um, and, I mean, it's an interesting point you make about, was it boring, was it not boring? You know, in some respects, it, I mean, it's just not a traditional game of football. It's not a competitive, traditionally competitive game. Um, and one's just got to admire the strength and the quality of City um, because even having missed four or five really great chances, I mean, the goals were absolutely sublime. And, um, uh, you know, I have an 11-hour round trip from, from London to get up to the game. It wasn't easy on Sunday because the train's weren't working properly and the M1 I'm was closed. Three, three and a half hours to get there, yeah. And, and, and the M1 was closed. Uh, exactly. Um, but the, the goals were sensational, absolutely so world-class. Okay. Steve, what do you make of it? Well, yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I, at first, I thought it was going to be one of those games where we tried really hard and struggled to actually make anything of it. These... Everton seemed to set up with this low blocking style that um, you know people people of their sort of level seemed to come to the the Etihad to play and and I was impressed with the fact that we kept at it and, and it always looked as though we would get something from it definitely not boring um, 
the pass from Cancelo was absolutely sublime. And and I think I'm going to call him Jao De Bruyne now. Um, <laughs> and we've got Kevin Cancelo, I think, at the moment. Um, role reversal. I th- I, yeah, I thought that was great. Rodri has been trying that kind of shot for months, months and months and months and missing every time. But for, for that one to absolutely go in, I was made up for him. I mean, he's a really humble kind of guy. I thought we played really well, actually. We probably should have scored more, to be honest yeah. with you. And with a traditional number nine, we might well have got a hat for. But we'll maybe yeah, come back to that. Were. We'll maybe come back to that. Tony, your yeah. thoughts on the final whistle? Well, it was all just routine, wasn't it? It was, in many respects, a little bit too easy, but we'll take it, particularly after the Palace game where we were all expecting an easy win and look what happened there. So I think we've shown exactly the right attitude. We've blown away what could have been reasonable opposition, but it was it was almost like the warm down from the warm up the game, wasn't it? It was just not really a contest, but that's because we were very, very good and they were pretty poor. So three great goals, great performance. I'm very happy. Let's just talk about the first goal. I mean, fantastic, unbelievable pass from Cancelo, as we've already alluded to. But also the scorer, uh, Sterling, right? Um, back to the sort of Raheem Sterling we know and love, uh, Nick? Look, I think overall he had, he had a good game. Um, he got past defenders. He got crosses in. Um and he's, you know, the finish was sublime. You know, if, if Aguero had scored that, we'd, we'd be talking about that goal for years and years to come, undoubtedly. Um, he made a total hash of a chance in the second half, um, embarrassingly so. And I was left, you know, having considered my thoughts for 24 hours plus, I thought, yeah, you know, he had a good game and he it, it, overall um, did really well. But on the final whistle and during the game, I was thinking it's always the same with him. He does the great things and then he cocks it up. And it's just, you know, there's something not, there's something missing in his brain that, 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 that just when he's got the chance to think about it, it just doesn't quite work properly. And I don't know that, what it is. So he's still right. In the sense of is, is, is he back to his old, to, to, the, to, the, to the old Sterling? Well, he's still driving me crazy, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's always been my thought about, about Raheem. I mean, wonderful kid that he is, great player that he is. Uh, I, I'll put this to you, uh, Tony. If he's got time to think about it, he'll screw it up. You know, if he doesn't, as he didn't uh, on Sunday, wonderful. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when we talk about the Sterling we know and love, it was the one he missed that I was thinking of rather than that finish. And listen, I, I love him as a person. We all know what great work he does. But... Um, I'm still not entirely convinced that sliced finish was put in that bottom corner exactly where he meant it. I'm very happy to give him the benefit of the doubt and what a ball. Um, But he still didn't quite do enough to me to convince me that he is the future of the club, as it were. He's, He's just still, as you say, he can't quite get it right when he has time to think about it. And that chance he missed sums him up as much as I like him as a person. And yet, Steve, you know, when he plays for England, as we all know, he, he appears like a, a, a t- totally different man. Yeah, I think it's probably because he's playing in a different situation and potentially even a different position as well when he plays for England. Um, I think he has less time to think about it for England, probably because he hasn't quite got the backup that he has at City. 
we tend to give players time and space. When you give Raheem time and space, as you've all said, he tends to overthink it a little bit, take too much time about it. Whereas actually the finish on, on Sunday, it was absolutely and completely and utterly instinctive. And I think he meant it, Tony, but I think it, it just happened to hit it with instinct rather than with purpose, if you, if you see what I mean. And do, do you think, Nick, that he's going to make the grade for us? I mean, it'd be a permanent fixture in, in, the, in, the, in the first 11, given that Grealish is now with us. Well, the answer to that is that he isn't one. Um, and uh, after after Sunday, I meant, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, look, um, Pep plays the long game with players. He'll have players not playing for several months, and then they'll come back in and have a run and do well. And the, you know, the 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 Laporte, the John Stones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they'll they'll disappear and everybody thinks they're on their way out and then they'll they'll come back, have a good run and they'll be a fixture in the team for a year or two or longer or whatever. So th- there's no reason right now to think that um, Sterling couldn't do a job again for the rest of the season. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely exactly what's been happening for the last two, three years at the club, that there's just been this rotation of, players coming good at, you know, at one time or another um, and been on fantastic runs. Um, but will Sterling do it? I, I mean, there's just no way to tell at the moment. I, I, look, I, I thought the best part of his game yesterday was not, you know, it wasn't just the goal. The goal was brilliant. But I thought, particularly in the first half, the way he was actually knocking the ball past defenders and making the crosses rather than just instinctively passing the ball backwards. That's what I really enjoyed about watching him yesterday. And I hope he keeps doing that. Do you think, to be radical thought here, uh, Tony, do you think a change of scene and a break might do him good? I mean, there's lots of talk of him going here, there and everywhere. I don't know whether any of it's true. There's talk about him having had a row with Pep, et cetera, et cetera. Talk about some personal problems he had, a domestic issue that ruled him out a couple of times. Um, Would a break do him good, do you think? I think it would, as you made the point before. His performances for England don't mirror his City performances where he's still, I take on board what Nick said, but he's still, for me, a little bit hesitant. Fell over for a penalty that was overturned. I think that kind of summed up his day. And if he went, he'd go with my blessings and best wishes. He's been a fantastic servant to the club for many years. But yeah, maybe a fresh start would do him would and the club him? some good. Would no, I think, I think we cope. We've got an abundance of talent. I mean, look who, who wasn't there yesterday. We had De Bruyne and Grealish out. We gave Foden half of the second half off and it just makes no difference. We've got players who can come in. So he's not been playing regularly. Maybe it's what he needs as well and get his confidence back and a fresh start. Maybe that's in everyone's interest. It wouldn't be unprecedented and he'd go with our love and blessings. Let's talk about the score of the second goal, Rodri, for a minute. I mean, what, what a cracker. What, if that's not goal of the season, I don't know, I don't know what is, uh, Steve. I mean, absolute corking goal. Um, and here's a man who, you know, like Sterling, you know, spent his first season, for me at least, not quite cutting the mustard. wonder why it takes some players a season or so. I'm thinking of him. I'm thinking of Maris, perhaps. Even David Silder initially, in my opinion, didn't, didn't quite hit the mark. Wonder why it takes them a while to get into the pet way of things, if that's what it is, Steve. I think it's all about positioning uh, and what Pep actually wants from a player, and I think it takes a little time to condition their brain to do it instinctively. Pep seems to want players to react in a certain way in a certain position, 
at a certain time. And I think it ta- that takes time to pick up. And, and it seems to be that that second season is always better than the first. I mean, you look at Bernardo, when he first joined, he probably had maybe six to eight months when he wasn't quite there. Then he had a fantastic season. Then he dropped off a bit last season and he seems to have come back in spades now. So I think it takes a while for them to learn what Pep's actually asking for and get the energy. I think Rodri always looked a bit hesitant to me when he first started playing, you know, as though he felt he had more time than he actually had. So he'd be holding the ball, he'd get it stolen off him. Um, And I think he just hadn't quite adapted to that and the pace of the game over here. Slightly different to Spain. I think the same might be said, uh, 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 Nick, for, for Cancelo. Well, Cancelo is, I think, possibly... Took a while to develop, I mean, you know. He, yeah, absolutely. But, I, 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 and in a lot of ways, I, I, he, I mean, he is a luxury player in the sense that there's not many teams that could afford to have him as a defender because he's not, he's not a traditional defensive defender, but he, he is absolutely world-class. And actually, at the moment, I think he's my favourite player. Right foot, left foot, the guy is just absolutely magical. He is beyond belief how good he is in terms of being able to put a ball into the box. To find a pass, he is sensational. I think I mean, he's he, wonderful. He's, he's keeping Zinchenko out, of course, uh, Nick. Uh, sorry, uh, Steve. He's keeping Zinchenko out. And talked today in one of the papers, anyway, of Zinchenko attracting the interest of Newcastle United. Again, uh, would you blame the player if he went, given the circumstances he's in now, and would we miss him, Steve? I wouldn't blame him for going if he wanted to, but I'm not sure that Zinchenko actually would. He would absolutely go with our blessing. Um, I think Zinchenko's the kind of player who wants to stay and fight for his place, and it doesn't mean necessarily that Cancelo's always going to play at left-back. From time to time, we might be giving Walker a rest. Therefore, Zinchenko could fit in under those circumstances. But by trade, he's more of an attacking left-sided midfielder, Zinchenko, or central midfielder. And I think maybe he could start fulfilling a bit more of that role, although he's got plenty of competition there as well. So it remains to be seen, to be fair, John. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's fair to say, isn't it, Nick, that I mean, I was a couple of years ago, I think Zinchenko had the chance to go to Wolves and he, he, he turned it down. He, he, you know, he was out of the team. He said, no, I want, to, I want to fight for my place here. And he did fight for his place and he had a slightly dicky start, but he got there in the end. So Pep, I mean, does inspire these people. And, and there's little doubt in my mind that they desperately want to be there. They want to play for him. And who can blame them? He's the best in the world. Well, I think Zinchenko, probably more than anybody else, um, has an attachment to the club because from where he came from and the, the background that he had and ending up at, uh, um, at City and then playing for Pep was almost, you know, astonishing. He's had yeah. periods out of the team. Um, he knows that it's, it's only November. There's an awfully long way to go. He will probably get his chance. And, you know, he's a young guy. Um, look, every single player in our squad who's not playing particularly regularly is going to get linked with Newcastle United between now and the 31st of January or whenever it is that the the window closes and then they will do again in the summer. Um, Maybe there'll be one or two who do go but clearly our squad is going to be a hugely attractive place for Newcastle to come looking for players to buy Um, and I think in the case of Zinchenko, I certainly hope that he stays. Uh, I think that long-term, 
Um, he, he's, he is in absolutely the right place where he needs to be, whether he's playing regularly or not right now, doesn't really matter. Um, even if he has a fairly quiet whole of the season, um, he's in the right place and he's, it's not going to do him much good going to Newcastle or anybody else, I don't think. Let's just go back to my original, uh, not contention, but uh, mention of the fact that in, in some quarters anyway, City are regarded to be boring to watch these days, uh, Tony. Um, I mean, I'm sticking my neck out a bit here, but the fact of the matter is that the way we play, satisfying as it is for us as City fans to watch, for the outside observer, is potentially boring, isn't it? Because, you know, they, we just don't let them have the ball and all, all the action, well, virtually all the action, is at one end. So I can see the point of view. Can you? Yeah, I can. Listen, we all love a 4-3 thriller, don't we? Or something like that. But it was just never in doubt from the first minute. We never gave them a sniff at all. I mean, Edison just never touched the ball, did he? It was just never in doubt. Yeah, listen, you know, he got to 60 minutes and you're kind of having a cup of tea and thinking, job done, thinking ahead to the next game. It's not always the challenge that we would like or a competitive game, but you can't fault us for that. You know, Everton came with a very very negative game plan and just never even put a tackle in. So that was apparently the 58th time under Pep we've won by three goals or more. We do roll over teams, but I think it's for the opposition to raise their game. I don't know what more we can do. We played beautiful football. You score, saw three beautiful goals. I'm happy. Yeah, well, me too. And I have to say that if it goes on like this, Edison's going to get frostbite. I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. But as an entertainment, Steve, I think we have to concede... It, from the from the outsider's point of view, it's not necessarily the best, is it? Uh, it dep- it depends whether you want to see both teams scoring or not, or whether you are quite happy to see one team exert the superiority. I mean, some of the football that City played was absolutely perfection against Everton. You know, the passing moves, and some of them deserved goals, and they weren't actually. Goals. So, actually, I hear other fans say they really enjoy seeing City played like that. The the reality is. What do we need to do with a team like Everton or Newcastle to make them come out a little bit more and allow us to play nice football rather than trying to break down an 11-man defence? And we shouldn't forget Crystal Palace, should we? Um, No. Kevin Parker had the best quote for me today. Kevin Parker, the Man City Supporters Club, uh, supremo, as it were. He said, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. You know, watching cities like, you know, having a fine wine or going to an Oscar-rated movie or... I'm going to a Michelin star restaurant. You should just sit back and savor it, you know, and uh, reflect on it, discuss it with your friends. It's not, it's not, it's not you know, a classical piece of uh, football, but it's something very, very special indeed. In that sense, we're privileged, aren't we, Nick? Well, the, uh, yeah. I mean, look, we do the way that we play. We literally we suck the we suck the oxygen out of games. We 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 just we 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 chuck a net over the opposition and just just leave them scrambling around but and it, it is very you know there's not a lot of competition in it um, um, a lot of the time but you do you set I mean there was there were there were instances in that game I mean the Cancelo pass was, was the, the real standout notwithstanding the Rodri goal but you know there were times when uh, Phil Foden you know he, he pulled the ball out I mean uh, he pulled a 60 yard pass not even out the air but it just dropped and landed on his toe and didn't move Absolutely sensational. The, the, he put one unbelievable cross in in the first half for Sterling, who headed it over. But that was a ball that he took again from uh, from 50 yards, 
knocked it down and in, in the same instance put it right where he wanted it and in the and the next touch was a was a cross out of the absolute top draw i mean these things are stunning to see and to watch and you see them you know dozens of times a week but you don't get that competition and you don't get that traditional premier league game and frankly you know you don't get the atmosphere anymore in the ground which is a separate point you don't, but we might in the future, these youngsters we've got continue playing like they did on Sunday. We're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about those kids and what impact they might have on the club. We're going to be talking about our prospects against uh, PSG and, uh, dare I mention it, events at the Swamp. Stay with us. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct... Something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Man City Show with me, John Stabler, standing in for Nigel Rothman, who can't be with us tonight. Um, one very pleasing aspect about Sunday's game was the performance of the two youngsters we had on, on, on display. One of them, albeit only for a few short minutes. But first and foremost, uh, the boy Palmer. Uh, Tony, kick us off on your thoughts on him. He did all right, didn't he? Yeah, great to see a youngster coming through. Um, could be the next Roger Palmer, dare I suggest. But I don't think we'll be <laughs> well, selling him. Well, yeah, I don't think we'll be selling him to Oldham. No, he, he did very well. And what's so pleasing is the way the, these players fit into the PEP system, don't they? They're all blessed with this ability to find a pass to have time on the ball and just to look like they're out there enjoying it. So I thought he's certainly one for the future. I was a little worried to see him start, actually. I thought it was a brave choice of Pep to play him, but he didn't let us down. I think there's plenty more to come. And as you say, one more on the production line. So it's what we all want to see. Yes, we've bought a bit of success. I think we'd all acknowledge that. But when you see these youngsters coming through, this is a club that's being run properly for the future. So all good. We'll get a look in though, Steve. Yeah, I think he will. If he's good enough, he'll get a look in. I mean, he's already had one start. He's played in the cup. He's played in the cha- in the Champions League. He's scored a goal in the Champions League. So I think he's starting to show the abilities that Pep likes. And Pep has trusted him in a few of those games. The, the game against Bruges, he scored a beautiful goal. And, and he's done really well. So I, th- I think he will get his chance. I think the problem is, and, and I think what you're alluding to, is the fact we've got an awful lot of people for that kind of uh, spot. Um, and if, if we did go out and get another striker, there will be one less spot for those guys to fill, uh, potentially. Um, and that's where we get our overload from in the midfield. And I think players like him, I'll tell you what, he'd, Gary Neville said they look like clones. I did. He, he did. But, you know, I mean, I'll come back to that in a minute, if I may. But, I mean, do we need to go out and get another striker? I mean, we've, we've got Delap in the wings, injured or, or be injured right now. We've got this kid who's, who can play centre forward. We, and we've got Jesus, of course. And, and we've got Ferran Torres. Fer- 
Torres. So I was asked four for, for start, and that's not counting Kevin, who can you know play a play sort of centre forward as well. I mean, do we need another one? Steve? I, I guess I, I guess you'd have to ask yourself as to whether there is a, a, a disadvantage to not having a striker of a more how can I put it traditional Convention. style. Yeah. yeah, a bit like Jeco was, where if you need if you had a team like Everton or Newcastle where they're packing the defence, you could actually lob a ball in and, and, and you'd have a chance of someone getting the head on it or you know it, it falling in a traditional way and somebody just lumping the ball in the back of the net, which is that's the bit I think we lack at the moment. It's that different way yeah. to get through to a team. And, and, it, and it's a fact, uh, isn't it, uh, Nick, that actually, if you look at the table right now, there's three teams in it as far as I'm concerned, obviously Chelsea, Liverpool and, and City. And our goal difference is the worst of the three. We need more goals. We need to thump a couple of teams five or six nil, as, as they have done, because I, I suspect it's going to be so tight this season, it may come down to goal average at the end of the day. So an argument for a conventional centre-forward, uh, Steve? And Sorry, uh, where was I? Nick? Well, I thought, yeah, look, I thought Cole Palmer had a, had a really good game, not not for anything specific, although there were one or two really lovely little passes that he made. And, and, he, and he was, at the first half an hour or so, I think he was just on the, on the edges of the game. But overall, um, he really looked like he belonged in the team. He wasn't, you know, we've had various um, sort of cameos over the years from potential young stars who disappeared off the face of the earth. But this guy looks like he's got he's got what it takes. If he's going to be successful for City, though, I think he's going to have to score a pretty decent amount um, of goals because we do need someone. We do need those people to put the, to put the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, we're, we're, so it needs to be someone, whether it's whether we buy someone else or not. I don't know. I, I suspect, you know, if we if we particularly if we have a good run between now and the end of the calendar year, um, there's not going to be too many people screaming and shouting um, for us to buy someone in January unless it's either A, Harry Kane, or B, um, what's-his-face um, from, from Norway. From Norway yeah. um, again. And, you know, those are the big names that we want. And Harry Kane, again, has, has, has got a question mark over him again now anyway. Yeah. Um, but look, the, the reason why our goal difference is down um, is because it's not because we've not sort of thumped teams. It's because we've had four or five games where we've not scored any goals, and that's pretty unusual for City. The other, remark, the other remark I, lo- I love, Tony, during the coverage of uh, of the game uh, on Sunday was uh, was Gary Neville again um, talking about McAtee and realizing he had number eighty seven on his back and said, "God, don't tell me they've got eighty seven more of these." You know, they're they are all closed. In fact, I think Gary Neville's become a bit of a City fan. He's been all over social media uh, praising City about the way we, you know, music before the game, a wonderful stadium, the real atmosphere built up there. It's a proper club, etc. It's got a wonderful training centre and he's got all these young kids coming through it's a proper club I, I, I tweeted today is he becoming a City fan I got, it got the predictable response but anyway a word or two about McAtee I mean he's only on for a matter of minutes only five minutes but the quality he showed and the confidence he showed was quite extraordinary wasn't it for a kid that, that age it is and it is a production line and they all know how to play the correct way now thanks to the spirit that Pepper's imbued throughout that club yeah I mean he looks about 15, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but good luck to him. Again, great to see another youngster coming through. Um, so, no, I was delighted for him. I think we'll see a little bit more of him 
uh, in the future and long may it continue. I think he's, he's got a bright future, hopefully, at City. What about uh, Wednesday then, Steve? Uh, you know, we, we lost over there. We faced him again. We need one point away from two games. One point, uh, we've got a game against them and a game against Leipzig. We need one point from those two matches. Uh, are we up for it, do you think? Steve? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think we need we need to make a point with them. I mean, we played really well in Paris and actually lost to sort of a scrambled goal and a bit of brilliance from Messi. Um, I don't think we really deserve to lose that game on the balance of play, to be perfectly honest with you. We'd probably deserve to get a draw out of it, but we just, again, didn't score. I think this week, I think we'll go at them all guns blazing to make a point, if nothing else, because we really want to finish first in that in that division. That gives you an op- a better opportunity when it comes to the draw for the, for the next round. And I'm sure City and Paris will both go through, I think, from that group. It's just a case of who goes through in first and second. I think we want to secure first place. Yeah, and of course, we've got Pochettino in town and him, Nick, being discussed quite openly as the next manager of, of Manchester United. Um, uh, we, we'll come to them in just in just a tick. But is that, do you think that talk will might, might maybe destabilise his team, upset his team, you know, going into a big game like this, thinking the manager might not be with them by, by the end of the week? It certainly can't be bad, can it? I mean, there was, you know, a, a, a mixed... Um, outcome from the events of the weekend uh, whether they're good or bad remains to be seen I probably I think good in the short term possibly bad in the long term and will we will we ever forgive Claudio Ranieri will, we shall see but um, yeah it can only be good that there's some destabilization in that camp this week it's perfect timing for this game realistically I guess uh, well you could say well we only need a point against Paris and then to win the last game to be sure of winning the group. Um, would we rather win on win on Wednesday night and then you know put a weakened team out potentially for the final match? Um, bit of six of one, half a dozen of the other. But the fact remains is that a, that a point on Wednesday would do us absolutely fine. Um, it's a it's a re- it's a relatively rare opportunity to play a really, really top-class team who should and are the sort of equal of us. And um, it, it could well be another really, really good game, as it was last time we played them. You know, they beat us, but it was a damn good game. We played really, really well. and As um, Steve said, we could have easily won that. So I'm looking forward to it either way. Tony, how do you, how do you rate our chance on Wednesday night? I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I thought we were absolutely magnificent against them in that first game. I don't know how we lost that, but there you go. So I just this might be the time we finally fall in love with the Champions League because I think it's going to be a cracking game of football. I think both teams can go for it. You know, even if we lose, I think we're still going to qualify. Uh, and we all know how Pep plays. He's not going to go for a draw. He'll try and win. So it should be a fantastic game between two of the finest footballing teams on the planet, quite frankly. And I think we're going to win because I think we owe them one. Really looking forward to it. Maybe the time to start booing the the, uh, the um, Champions League anthem, Tony? Yeah, perhaps. Bygones. Um, this is a competition. We want to win, so let's embrace it. Um, I don't like that sort of negativity. I don't think it particularly helps anything. It, it, it should be just a festival of football and let's enjoy it. Steve smiling. Are you smiling for or against the booing, Steve? I don't mind either way, to be fair, John. Um, I think it's just a bit of fun, really. I don't think we're particularly fond of UEFA. It's not about the Champions League. It's about UEFA and them being up themselves a little bit. It doesn't hurt to have a little bit of um, 
atmosphere, shall we say, in the stadium? Well, no, but I, my, my view, Nick, is that we've made our point now. You know, and we've, I don't know how many years we've been doing it. We've, we've made our point. It's registered. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. So, you know, let's, my view is give it a rest. What, what about you? Yeah, I think it's sort of naturally pretty much petered out now, hasn't it? It's less... Still there. It's, it's still there a bit, but, you know, people... People enjoy it. But yeah, it's I, I, I've got no great I, I've never had a great love for the Champions League or for UEFA. And um to be honest, John, I'm not really that bothered about that sort of stuff. People want to boo, they don't want to boo, whatever. Let's let's go find uh, wind up then on, on something that I'm sure you'll all engage on quite uh, enthusiastically, and that's uh, the departure of uh, Ole Solskjaer at Manchester United. And I'll kick off with you, uh, Steve. Sad or glad? Very, very sad day for the rest of us, to be fair, because um, now United have got a chance at a point in a manager who might actually be able to take them somewhere. Um, that's <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Um, all the whilst he was in charge, they seemed a little bit misdirected, a little bit misguided, and it was quite fun to watch from a City perspective. That said, you know, I know some United fans and I genuinely feel for them with the, with the amount of passion they show for their club. It was quite sad to see the club having gone from where it was in the Ferguson days to where it kind of is now, bumbling around in seventh. So, look, on a, on a fairness, nice guy, just probably didn't have a clue about managing at that level of uh, football, I think. Call me an old softy, Tony, but I, I, I feel very sorry for Oli, Oli Solskjaer, I must say. I think I agree with Steve. I've never met the guy, but from everything I, I see and hear, he seems to be a lovely, lovely fella, a decent sort of man, the sort of guy who should be in football. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, you know, he lifted the gloom at Ultra. Uh, again, Gary Neville was talking about United being a dark place at the end of Mourinho's uh, reign there. And and he he lifted the gloom there. He took him to a, you know, a European final. They were second in the Premier League. He didn't by anybody's standards. That's not a bad record. But it obviously, it clearly wasn't good enough. So I feel sorry for him. What about you? Yeah, look, he's a nice man. He's a decent man. And I, I, I hear you on a human level, but... Um... You know, he's won nothing there in three years and they're looking pretty decrepit on and off the pitch, to be honest. I, I think I see why Gary Neville has a sort of begrudging respect for City these days because we've we've done everything right and they just cock it up time after time. And you know what? Sorry, Stephen, I've got no sympathy for United fans. I don't remember too much when uh, we were losing away at Wickham all those years ago. So, you know what? Let them learn to be humble and learn what it's like just to be an average team for a while. And I'm sure... They may just stumble across a winning formula eventually. You never know. But in the meantime, I'll stick with City. Thank you very much. And I wish Ollie all the best. Yeah. What about you, Nick? I'm not, I'm not going to hold back, John. I'm absolutely loving every second of it. <laughs> there are so many. I mean, let, let's just run through this, right? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a lovely bloke who has never done anything anywhere as a manager. Should never ever have been, never ever have been manager of that club, and he's such a nice guy that he was never ever going to be successful as the manager of that club. Uh, apart from the fact that he's got no particular skills as as a as a tactician, man manager, or anything else other than being a perfectly nice chap, which was never going to get him particularly far. Now, you, now they unfortunately haven't really fallen that far but they are so bitter poisoned and twisted by the by our, not only our success but by success 
uh, in Liverpool now that they can barely contain their rage. And let's not forget that a few months ago, they, they were rioting outside and inside their own ground and unprecedentedly getting a major match called off because of it, for which there were no repercussions whatsoever. They got away with that. They have a board and an ownership that has been systematically taking that club apart for the past 15 years. An ex-manager who was in league with their owners, who is still calling the shots from behind the scenes and not making life any better. And we can only sit back and enjoy every single second day, week, month and year of it and hope that it continues. And I suspect that it probably will continue for a number of more years because the director level people in that club are absolutely clueless. I wish you'd get off the fence and tell us what you really think, Nick. (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you all very much indeed. I enjoyed that. I hope uh, our listeners did as well. Good to see you all again. And uh, quick scoreline from you all for Wednesday night. First of all, you, Steve, you're in frame. I think 3-1 for City. Okay, Nick? Sensational 2-2. 2-2. Steve? (laughs) I'm I'm Tony, sorry. I'm going for 2-0 City. Well, one of you, I hope, will be right. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. That's all from us for this week. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.